0: Hi, Mindy. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. All right, guys. Today I have another guest who, of course, you probably guessed it. We met on Instagram. That's where I meet pretty much all of my um, epilepsy friends. And yeah, today we're gonna talk about Mindy and her epilepsy. So I'm just gonna pretty much let you take it away, share with me, Um, how old were you when you were diagnosed and what type of epilepsy do you have?
1: Yeah. um, So I was 21 when I had my first seizure. That was in 2015. Um, About a almost a full year later is when I was actually diagnosed. Um, So I was 21 when I was diagnosed. That was, um, or I was 21 when I had my first seizure. And that was in 2015. Um, The next March, so I had my first seizure in June. The next March is when I was actually diagnosed. And I was uh, diagnosed with generalized idiopathic epilepsy. And um, after that, I realized I had been having like myoclonus basically since I was in elementary school and I was just not educated on what that was. So really the, the first two months after my seizure, I had two more seizures and um, my, the doctors that I went to basically told me, you probably don't have epilepsy which was really strange. So they didn't put me on any medicine or anything. And um, I went to Duke in um, North Carolina after I wasn't getting any answers. And finally, they referred me to a a, special, a neurologist here in Charlotte, which is where I currently live. And that was when I was actually given an ambulatory EEG and was actually officially diagnosed. Um, the doctor at Duke put me on Keppra for a few months and um, the Keppra absolutely did not work for me. I had uh, mood swings. I had never had a temper one day in my life until I was put on Keppra. Um, I would wake up, go to work, and then come back home and sleep for the rest of the day. Um, finally, they put me on Lamotrigin, Lamictal, um, and I... Have not looked back since so i'm on that right now um and for the most part it keeps my seizures under control
0: that's great so i was gonna go back a little bit where yeah. my, husband, my husband's a huge duke fan so that's <laughs> yeah. um i do have a girlfriend who went to duke for her medical care for her brain she actually had um a brain tumor Uh, cancer and she went there and they took excellent care of her so did they refer you to an epitologist so like a neuro specializing in epilepsy
1: no they yes they did um so he was great or no i'm so sorry they did not refer me to they just referred me to a neurologist here in charlotte um dr Paramol is his name and he's been absolutely wonderful um checks in has worked with my other doctors I also have endometriosis and um my birth control like I can't take regular birth control because lamictal cancels it out right so I my my neurologist worked with my gynecologist to figure out exactly what um type of treatment I needed and um yeah that we I was really fortunate to find them
0: Yeah, that's what, you know, I don't, I'm not on birth control and I don't take it because of that, because my seizures are hormonal and for Mm. stress, I just don't want, I tried other types, um, try the IUD. I absolutely hated it. Um, but yeah, that that's a big concern for many women is to make sure they're on the right one or they they're uneducated about it. They don't know that it's canceling out the effectiveness of their seizure medication. So that's really important for people to know is to always disclose (laughs) what medicine you're taking for it to work. Um, so you, so you were seizure free for a little bit after you started the Lamictal?
1: Um, yeah, so I had my first three seizures and then, um, back in actually in november is when i went to duke and they prescribed me medicine before i was officially um diagnosed with epilepsy Um, i had a seizure in october and then i went all the way until the next june without a seizure
0: that's great and this was all in like 2015 2016 uh
1: yeah, 2015 was when I had the seizure in October. And then okay. in that following 2016 is when I had the, the next one in July or June.
0: Right. So how is, I mean, that's great that you're going so long between seizures. How has how the epilepsy affected your day-to-day life?
1: Oh, um, so one thing I will say, uh, I worked at a brewery for five years. I loved it there. But, um, you know, alcohol is, you know, one of the most common <laughs> triggers, and I definitely had to, like, completely change my relationship with alcohol. I never, you know, overindulged often or anything, but I did have moments where, you know, it's just that one extra beer, and when you work at a brewery, it's kind of easy to have that one extra beer. Right. Um So, I mean, it's not like I had to change my life a ridiculous amount for that, but I did have to, you know, keep an eye on it. Um, And one of my biggest uh, triggers is lack of sleep. And that's the big one. So um, I have to have eight hours. And before, like, I I worked at Starbucks for a while, right before I had Mm -hmm. my first seizure. And I was getting there, I was waking up at 3.30 in the morning, and I was fine, And, you know, I was sleepy because (laughs) I had two jobs at the time, but, um, you know, I had to, I had to completely change my lifestyle, change my work. Um, and that's probably my biggest thing is the amount of sleep I get regulating my emotions and trying to make sure that I, you know, stay as, as calm as possible and find ways to cope when I'm not, um, not as calm and when I am stressed out
0: do you find like do you get like symptoms of like brain fog or any like I know me and you talked a little bit before we started recording about the memory loss um is that something that you deal with daily or is it just oh, every yeah. once in a while yeah I can tell that if I'm <sighs> just this past week so um one of my girlfriends got me hooked on um sweet tart jelly beans and they only come out so <laughs> They only come out around Easter and mm-hmm. since it's early, I saw, I found them at uh, the dollar store. Uh, <laughs> so I bought a bunch of bags and I ate so many, And you know, all that sugar is not good for anybody, let alone someone with a brain disorder. So, yeah. and I, cause I talk about that all the time. It's like, you, you know, drink, drink your water, eat healthy, get good sleep, like focus on the things that you can control. Because right. the things we cannot control, like you know, it gives you a sense of power over it, but I'm you know, I'm human. So after I ate like a whole bag and probably not even 24 hours the next day, my brain was so foggy. And I don't know if that happens to <laughs> any like non-epileptics, but my brain, I was like chugging water. I was like, why do I do this to myself?
1: <laughs> I, I, I know can I promise shouldn't. you. Yeah, I I completely understand that. Yeah, I, one of my biggest problems is um, waking up in the morning and just like, I don't know what it is, but I will, two days ago, I put the coffee creamer in the pantry, like that kind of of brain fog. Um, I always call it seizure brain when it's like Mm -hmm. not long after I have a seizure. I'm like, oh, I have seizure brain today. Don't talk to me. (laughs) But I, yeah, I definitely like, I have to make lists now. Lists are my best friend. Um, And when it comes to memory, um, one, one thing that I've struggled with since I started having seizures is like, I've always been proud of the fact that I can remember people's names I remember their faces. The next time I see them, like I do not forget. And I'm still good at it for the most part. Like that's a strong suit of mine. But it is hard because I get so down on myself when I do forget someone's name or forget even more so than forgetting their name. I just rem- I, I forget the the like actual event of meeting them, if that makes sense. So if I remember meeting you, I'm likely to remember your name. But if I saw you six months ago at, you know, a run club or something random, like I there's a chance I'm not gonna n- remember the actual event of meeting you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's probably my biggest thing yeah no all the the things run together like when I had sorry for cutting you off um when I had my first like the first summer of me having epilepsy when I had multiple seizures like that summer is gone like (laughs) there are such few things I remember about it because it was just such a like a difficult um just a like a difficult uh transition on top of just not being able to like remember anything (laughs) so yeah
0: yeah, one of my guests in episode three, she she was having so many seizures. And so she jokes that um, when she was dating her husband, it was like 51st dates. Like she, it was a brand <laughs> new date every time. And so she kind of jokes about it now, but I know during the time it was probably pretty hard for her. Um, but and for me, like for me, I don't really remember much of my childhood. I don't remember my senior year of college Uh, because that was when I had my breakthrough seizure uh, Mm -hmm. when I was like quote-unquote re-diagnosed because I had gone so long they thought I outgrew it as a child Um, so I I have a couple of girlfriends that we've been friends since high school that they really remind me of things Um, and I don't know sometimes you wonder if it's like your brain protecting you from the trauma of everything because that is definitely yeah something that happens or if it's really just memory loss, but there's some things like the, from childhood that I, I have no idea. Like my mom would show me pictures and I'm like, I have no idea what this is at all. Oh yeah. Um, my dad was in the military. Like in, when he would go like deploy somewhere and bring me back little things, like no clue. I have no remember memory of that. And that was really hard to grasp and we're, you know, cause I was a, probably one of the biggest, things is seeing my dad, you know, knowing my dad was deployed and I just don't remember it. So it was hard to like grasp, I guess, but yeah. I know, I know that I'm not alone and that, that there's so <laughs> much, mem- so much memory loss. Um, but yeah, we all, we all go through it. Um, I, am curious, like why, why before Duke did they not think you had epilepsy? Cause normally the rule of thumb is if you have, if you have more than one seizure, you would have epilepsy. Why do they not think that? Do you know?
1: Um, honestly, I think the doctor was just incompetent. Um, um. I spent years and I don't want to like put any, anyone down. So I'm not going to say the town that I was in, but where I grew up, I, I went to a gynecologist and a neurologist right around that time. Cause I was having terrible pain like, ovarian pain, and then that, and I don't, like, after my seizures, and both of them were just, like, downplaying it, almost like, I don't know if they thought, I I think that, I think that the gynecologist just thought, oh, she thinks she's in pain, and then the neurologist there was just under the impression that maybe I thought I had a seizure, even though there were six people around me when I had my first seizure. Um, I just think that, sometimes they make negative assumptions, especially probably towards 21-year-old girls. I mean, it shouldn't be that way, but I do think that it just comes with that, like, oh, she's being dramatic, she's fine, and um, so I really struggled with that on both, both of those, um, you know, lack of diagnoses, because um, I knew what was, you know, going on, and I'm having um, at the time, my now husband, then boyfriend, we'd only been dating for six months when I had my first seizure. And we were actually talking about it this morning. Um, he was the one who was like, we're going to Duke. After a while he, he had had enough and he's like, we're gonna go figure this out. And um, yeah, so it, it just was very defeating on top of the fact that I was just, you know, you <laughs> you go from being, you know, I'm gonna say quote, normal person like and then and it, it just completely changes your life in a matter of minutes yeah
0: and isn't getting that endometriosis diagnosis really hard too
1: um it wasn't as hard for me as it was for others because I had cyst rupture okay and it was very painful I went to the doctor or went to the ER and um they had to do a surgery to remove the leftover cysts about a month later, and they found endometriosis while they were doing the surgery. So um, um, I don't, it was very painful, but I do think it was a faster and more efficient diagnosis than it is for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. I've heard, I've heard that it's really hard for some people to get that and to think, you know, that you're feeling that much pain and people aren't believing you. It's gotta be hard. Now, for how did how did you go about getting into Duke? Is that process hard or is it a simple Um, referral?
1: Well, I will say I was very fortunate to have um his name's Daniel, my husband. I was very fortunate to have him and he took care of all of that. I don't have a clue how hard (laughs) it was. He 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 took great care of me and, and handled it. At the time I was still under my parents insurance and um they have really great insurance so I was fortunate to be able to um you know go off of that but unfortunately I could not tell you how difficult it was to get in
0: yeah that was during the time where it's like you had the seizures so the memories after that yep (laughs) trying to connect those dots just sometimes doesn't happen um, so you shared with me before about a fundraiser that you did when you worked at the brewery. Can, so can you tell the audience about that fundraiser?
1: Of course. Yeah. So um, it the brewery that I worked for, fantastic brewery, fantastic ownership. It's called Noda Brewing in Charlotte. Um, I actually like had, it. I've had seizures at the brewery before, so they, you know, take it very seriously and know how uh, how not fun they are. And I uh, talked to one of the owners and I said, hey, it's Epilepsy Awareness Month um, coming up and I'd really love to be able to do something that's um, gonna donate to the Epilepsy Alliance or Epilepsy Foundation. And um, we actually every year, I don't know if you've heard of it, but there's um, a kid who had epilepsy, his name's Evan, and he does, it's called Evan's Cornhole Tournament every year. And Noda Brewing hosts it every year. So there's already like a connection to um, the epilepsy community through um, Laura is Evan's mom's name, and she was she's always been great. And um, we basically, I had an idea. we were I don't even know how we thought of it, but you know we were we were thinking about making shirts for epilepsy awareness. and we settled on it ain't easy being CZ and having the, funny enough, I'm wearing it right now, but um, it has like Chester the Cheeto Man. Um, And we sold those with a, uh, you know, we we took all the proceeds and donated them to the epilepsy Alliance. And um, every Monday, the brewery does a different charity to um, donate one pint of, or donate $1 from every pint of beer that's purchased so that monday we did it for the epilepsy alliance as well so we were able to sell shirts each kind of beer went to the epilepsy alliance and then i was able to collaborate with a brewer um, at another brewery called pilot brewing here in charlotte and one of the brewers there has epilepsy so she and i teamed up brewed a beer together and all of the proceeds for that specific beer went to charity so it was it was awesome
0: That is awesome. What was, do you remember the total amount that you raised?
1: Um, no. (laughs) Um, I, I wish I could tell you, but I have no idea. It's another memory thing.
0: But it also sounds really fun too. And it may, it kind of brings light to the whole epilepsy world that the normal person that which was just going to get grab a beer sees these fun shirts you know with the purple cheeto dude and and asks <laughs> questions because that's the whole you yeah. know one of the main reasons why i do this podcast and i advocate so much is, like i said it's just empowering people to talk about it creates education which hopefully will lessen the stigma and the fear around these seizures because it's still people are still so afraid of them. Um how was your boyfriend when he saw well now husband, how was he when he saw your seizures? I know he really advocated for you for the appointments, but how was he when he
1: had he seen a seizure before? He had never seen one. Um, He is a Marine, so he's very good at reacting to things at, you know, any given moment, I think Marines are, are typically pretty good at that. And um, my second seizure I ever had, we were in the car, um, and we were on a big interstate in Charlotte. <laughs> and it was fortunately a Sunday morning. So it wasn't, you know, too crowded at the time. But um, he knew the general, you know, first aid, he obviously learned it when I had my first seizure. So he pulled over laid the seat back, you know, turned me on my side, and he could not handle watching me bite my tongue, because I was bleeding a lot, and guess what he tried to do? He tried to put his thumb in my mouth, and I bit his thumb very hard for the duration of my (laughs) seizure, and so now, now it's, you know, we can joke about it. At the time, it was not, you know, not jokeable, but now we're It's been almost six years, so we laugh about it, but um, yeah, he takes great care of me. My last seizure was in October and um, he's so, he's just so good at like gently waking me up. If if we're around other people, he tells them to leave because I hate waking up to multiple people. He's so calm. You did great. You just had a seizure. You did a great job. Everything's fine. Um, You know? just lay down, rest, and for the rest of the day, everything I need is, is there, so I'm very, very fortunate to have him, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's great to have a good support team,
1: regardless.
0: Is he active duty, is that?
1: No, no, he, um, he, I want to say, yeah, uh, it was September, the 21st of 2015, is when he was completely, like, honorably discharged, so.
0: Oh, cool, um, okay
1: yeah I'm not super upset that he's not in marine Corps anymore. <laughs> I bet to have him home yeah. more
0: would be great is great but yeah. like they say once a marine always a marine right he has those oh, yeah. traits instilled in him for life but it sounds like for that's sure. helping helping oh yeah his sense of being calm for you
1: yeah and and he's and my best friend's a nurse and she's seen me have a seizure. we've been best friends since we were seven and she's seen me have seizures and she is very similar in her like tone when i have one and our roommate's been great just like uh like i said i'm very fortunate to have the people around me that i do because they you know i i try when i meet someone i try to just educate people as much as i can be open without like being, you know, aggressive about it. I try to tell people, like, hey, if you ever see a seizure, this is what you need to do. Because it's so much more common than anyone thinks. And for whatever reason, there's such a stigma behind it. People are, people who have epilepsy are embarrassed. People who have epilepsy feel like no one else has it. And mm-hmm. so I try my best to to just like you, you do regularly, just try to make it known like you're not alone, you, you know, just try to spread the word on it. But I also really try to teach other people who don't have epilepsy, how to handle seizures and just trying to take that stigma away and the the assumptions that are made.
0: Yeah, and you started an Instagram page,
1: right? Yeah, um, it's called it comes in waves. And it's at underscore, it comes in waves, underscore. Uh, a little play on brain waves. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. Um, I just started it literally less than two weeks ago. So um, it's mostly focused on people. I really feel like when people think of epilepsy, they think of peop- They think of kids. Like I don't know why it is, but when I talk to people, so many people assume like, oh, you know, it's kids have epilepsy, adults don't have it. And especially, like, they also think of older people having seizures, but for whatever reason, people just don't think that 20s and 30-year-olds have seizures. Don't know why. So I'm really trying to focus on people that are, like, in that age group, you know, 20s and 30s, um, just because I want to create that community, because I feel like the majority of the community is in... um, parents whose kids have epilepsy, which is great, don't get me wrong, like I'm really glad that that community exists and it's very needed. But um, I also think that people our age should um, be aware that they're not alone either. So I'm just trying to make people that are younger and have epilepsy just more comfortable talking about it, try to make it clear that, you know, just they're not alone. It's the biggest thing Um, when I had my first seizure I had no idea that people my age had seizures, so I'm just trying to make that better for other people.
0: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I I started hosting in, Nove- I think it was November, um, adult support groups that are like once every couple weeks for the same reason, because there wasn't that resource out there. Um, it's nice to have us all connect on Instagram, but there's a separate layer of community when you can get behind, ideally it would be in person, but right now with COVID um, we can't. But at the same time I get to behind the computer, you can see so many different people from different parts of the world connect. So yeah, I'm with you on that to really spread awareness and and talk about it with uh, other people that have it. Epilepsy as well is so important. All right, so I ask everybody, So what is something that you wish you knew, and you might've covered this already, but what is something that you wish you knew when you were first diagnosed? Or if you have someone reaching out to you for support um, and they were recently diagnosed, what what is the piece of advice that you would share with them?
1: Yeah, um, I think this is a wonderful question because I was actually having a conversation with someone um, on Instagram. Two days about it, two days ago about it, um, when I had my first seizure i first of all, I told people like oh people, you know it's it's an anomaly that I'm having my first seizure at the age of twenty one like that just that just doesn't happen, and um there was I literally had no one to relate to. there was no one I could find on like in the, in the epilepsy community, there, there weren't people that I could immediately find because I'd never been connected in the epilepsy community before. So the biggest thing that I want people to know is that no matter like how old you are when you have your first seizure, there are other people who can relate to you. You can find other people who have been through it and like the best thing to do is find support. It's great to have support from your friends and family. It's also really, really great to have support from people who understand. So I think the biggest thing you can do is find find a a group that you can talk to who knows who can can look at you and say, oh my gosh, I hate brain fog. I completely get it. Postictal state sucks. You know, my clonus is awful. You know, just those conversations that I love. I love my partner and he takes great care of me. And He understands to an extent how hard it is but he can't tell me that he understands what it feels like to wake up from a seizure so i just think that having those people like just trying to find those people are uh that's that's such a great tool for for healing and um just being able to get through
0: yeah a hundred percent all right girl thank you so much for joining me today and i we'll post all of your links for everybody to follow so if you're not already following Mindy you should all right
1: thank you so much thanks for having me no problem
0: thanks for listening As always, I know that you have literally hundreds of shows that you can listen to. So I 100% appreciate every single listen, every single one of you. You can find me at Jamie Wissinger on all social media platforms. And I will see you next week.